Welcome, Senior High. It's been a long time since we met without Junior High. Yeah, but I'm glad you're here. Y'all excited to be here? Yeah, it's good. How many of you are tired from school today? All right, so a few of you. All right, well, let's, uh, we're going to pick up actually right where Cody left off. And uh, we're actually going to, um, Ashley, if you'll close those doors for me and close this other door, I'm going to wait to get started until those are shut. Um, we're going to, if you got your Bibles or the Bible app on your phone, go to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 25. We're going to pick right up where Pastor Cody, uh, were y'all good, sticky, gross, delicious waffle for Jesus last week? Amen. <laughs> that was the challenge, right? You're going to be a waffle for Jesus. That was so good. I love that. Um, I really do like waffles and I'm in the same boat as Cody. I put so much syrup on it that it is not good for you in any shape, form, imagination, but it's good. All right. So here we go. Father God, I thank you for utterance tonight. Amen. Y'all with me? All right, verse 25 or Hebrews chapter 12. We're not going to take long because I want the new, the little guys to enjoy uh, the facility. This is their first time out here, so I want them to go upstairs and play video games and have fun. And uh, so we're just going to take a few minutes, all right? It says this in verse 25 out of chapter 12 of Hebrews. I'm reading out New Living Translation. We won't have scriptures up for you guys, but it says this. See to it that you obey God, the one who is speaking to you. Now, I want to stop right there. When we come to church, it's important we understand who's speaking to us. It may be a minister that's up behind the pulpit. It might be myself, might be Cody, might be Pastor Mark, might be Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Belinda, might be GW, might be Daniel Braxton, might be Lauren coming up soon. It doesn't matter who's up here behind the pulpit. It might be one of you guys. Maybe God puts it on one of your hearts to come up here and share. The important thing to understand is that it's God that is speaking to us. Right. And the reason we have to understand that is because we've gotten into this place in church society where we're taking the word of God too lightly because we see it coming from a man. But if we see it coming from God, we'll esteem it the way it's supposed to be esteemed. You're supposed to have great value on the word of God. And when you have great value on the word of God, that what leads us to obeying God's word. Right. If we esteem his word, if we value his word, then we're going to listen to his word. But if we don't esteem it and we don't value it, we're not going to listen to it. And look at what it says to those who don't listen to it. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, how terrible our danger if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. So he's saying the children of Israel, and this is such a great biblical account. If you go and read in Numbers, and it talks about how they were just so confused and they wanted to go into the promised land and they didn't want to go into the promised land. But the point is this, when God speaks to us, we have to obey. Right? But they refused to listen to their messenger, which was Moses, and because they refused to listen to him, they kept out of the promised land, or you could say it this way, they were kept from getting the good things that God has set aside just for them. Amen. Listen to me, guys. God has set some good things aside just for you. It's not a platitude. It's not, uh, you know, it's not just me trying to season it to make it sound better than it is. The truth of the matter is God has set some stuff aside for you. Amen. A spouse, a family, a career, an education, uh, uh, you know, whatever it might be. He set it aside and it's been ordained since the foundations of the world just for you. But you don't get there just by doing your own thing. You don't get there by being like the children of Israel who just did their own thing and they wandered in the desert. The way you get there is by listening to God. Somebody say, I'll listen to God. Listen to God. Now, in our time, that's a real challenge. 
Because everything in this world system is built to reject you listening to God. It's not a lot of encouragement at school for you to listen to God. There's not a lot of encouragement on social media for you to listen to God. Maybe some of us, it's not even come up from our families to listen to God. But what we have to do is we've got to push all that aside, make up our minds and determine in our hearts, I'm going to listen to God. And really, that's what Jesus did. No matter what it cost him, he said, I'm going to listen to God. And then he's given us a warning here. He's saying there's danger if we don't listen. Right? And that's not great news, but there's good news. Blessed are those who do listen. Everyone say, I'm blessed blessed. because I listen. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm blessed blessed. because I listen. The one who speaks to us from heaven, verse 26. When God spoke on Mount Sinai, or however you say that, Sinai, yeah, I've messed it up. His voice, now this is so important. Y'all grab a hold of this. His voice shook the earth. But now he makes another problem. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that the things on earth will be shaken, that only eternal things will be left. And this is what happens when the power of God hits us at a church service. When a minister lays their hands on you or when the Holy Spirit moves into the room, it shakes heaven and earth. And what happens is everything that has attached itself to our life that's not supposed to be there is shaken and it falls off to where only eternal things, which is the word of God and what he's told us to do. Those are the only things that remain. And so it's important for us, and we're going to look at this here in a moment in John chapter 15, but it's important for us to get into the presence of God because whether you realize it or not, stuff tries to attach to you like a leech. We took the youth group to camp. Oh, exciting news. We got a camp coming up next summer. We already booked it. We're going to be going to the beach. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, next June, mark your calendars, June 26th through June 30th. We are going to the beach. We got this awesome place for us. We got a private pool just for you guys so we don't have to share with anybody else. And we'll go down to the beach. It's going to be amazing. And you know what I want to do? I don't know if we'll do it in the pool, if we'll do it at the beach. But if anyone wants to get baptized, I'm not going to make you wait a whole year. But I think it would be amazing to baptize people in the ocean. Dude, that would be awesome, right? And hopefully a wave don't take you. Hopefully you come back up with us, you know, but it's going to be amazing. So uh, just real quick, because I am curious, how many of you would be interested in going to the beach with us for youth camp? All right, all right, let's go. Yes, sir. All right, that's going to be fun. All right, so anyways, and so this is what he says, heaven and earth will be shaken. Amen. This is why we need the Holy Spirit, guys, to shake us up and rattle the things of this world off of us. Amen? And so how does he do that? Well, he tells us how that's going to happen, starting in verse 28. He says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping with holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And so he gives us a key on how to let the Holy Spirit and the presence of God shake up our lives so all the negative things and all the bad things can fall off of us. He tells us exactly how to do that in verse 28. He says, worship God in a holy fear and awe. Guys, God is incredible. 
I'm going to be talking about this on tithes on Sunday morning, but some of you aren't there on Sunday morning, so I want to just tell you this. You know, in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. You want to know how incredible God is? In the first part of that chapter, he's talking about how God takes care of the lilies and how he takes care of the pastors and how he takes care of the birds and, he'll, and, and how if God will take care of a flower that is here today and then dies tomorrow. And Rachel and I know that to be true. We have a garden. There's something that's alive today and then it's dead tomorrow and we're like what did we do <laughs> why did you die but it's just nature things live and they die they live and they die but let me tell you something that's incredible that shows you how much God wants to take care of you how many of you ever heard of the Sahara Desert now how many of you have heard of the Amazon rainforest the Sahara Desert is in Africa the Amazon rainforest is in Latin America or South America did you know that God will make wind that carries resources from the Sahara Desert which is like 9,000 kilometers which translates to about 6,000 miles he will carry resources from the Sahara Desert all the way to the Amazon because there's stuff in the Sahara that the Amazon needs to survive and so he'll bring wind that blows minerals and resources 6,000 miles from one continent to another continent so stuff not only can survive, but it can thrive. If you've ever been to the Amazon, and I have many times, it is dense, it is growing, it is living, it is thick. There's birds, there's animals, there's pythons, there's jaguars, there's all sorts. I remember one time I was going down the Amazon River on a houseboat and I was up in this little village. They didn't have power. We were carrying generators up there to get lights to preach to them. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you eat food that's not familiar to you, it don't really sit that great. And so we were eating some food and, and Robert's stomach was just super angry. And I didn't feel like I had to throw up. I'm just going to be real plain with y'all. It was I, I needed to find a restroom and I needed to find it quick. Well, the village we were at, they didn't even have electricity. They didn't have bathrooms. So I just ran out into the Amazon and I just, you know, squatted up against a tree and, you know, and just let my body do what my body had to do. And while I'm out there going to the bathroom, I heard a jaguar roar behind me. <laughs> Yo, I came flying out of the Amazon. <laughs> I'm not about to get ate while I'm trying to go to the bathroom in the woods. But my point is, is there is stuff that is living out there. Now look at this. If God is willing to blow minerals and resources from one continent to another to take care of plants, how willing is he to move heaven and earth to take care of you? Oh, come on now. God wants to take care of you. But we've got to understand, okay, I've got to let him take care of me. And right here in verse 28, this is so crucial. When we come to worship God, we need to have this reverence and this holy awe for him. I told you that story because you can look all, and the reason, I really believe this with all my heart. The reason why those minerals aren't already in the Amazon is because God wants us to be able to look at nature and see how amazing he is. He wants us to be able to look at nature and there's no denying intelligent design. There's no design that there's a, there's no denying that there's a creator who can do these things. But in order for us to receive, we've got to be in awe of that God. Amen. And that's why when I come to church, I'm not coming to church. I'm here tonight to meet with him, to be with him. And dude, when that happens, God can shake some things. 
God can rattle some things. And I got to thinking about this. I got this lighter and it's just, I wanted to get a blowtorch, but I couldn't find a blowtorch. <laughs> I wanted to get like a big old, big old giant flame for you. But I bet you there might be somebody out there, but not many of you. If I said, just come up here and hold your cell phone over this and leave it there for about three minutes. And you know what? Actually, let's turn it so the screen is facing down. How many of you would be willing to hold your cell phone? I knew there'd be one that'd raise your hand, but you, ca you lying, bro. Mm -mm, get out of here. No, you're not going to do that. The reason why you won't hold your cell phone super cl close to this flame is because you know what that fire will do to your phone. Right? It'll destroy it. It'll melt down that screen. It'll ruin your phone. It won't function. It won't operate. Now, listen, you have a respect for this tiny fire. And I got to thinking about this today. And I was thinking, man, it's amazing how we have more respect for natural fire than we do the spiritual fire of God. See, we do it all the times, and I've even had to check myself at church. I'm coming in here, and let me just go check some social media real quick. What is that? That's not Robert showing awe and respect to the presence in the fire of God. And you know what? I should have more respect. And you know what? It can look like, like the, when we were down here for the fast songs and y'all were dancing and you were getting into it, that is respect and that is awe. Respect and awe doesn't have to be stiff and proper. <laughs> you know, like ancient British with my tea. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be so stiff that you're just like, ah, you know, you just got from the dry cleaners and you got super starched and you can't move. No, you can be free in the presence of God. Oh, come on. You can be free in the presence of God. Even the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. We're not supposed to be tired. We're supposed to be in holy awe of this wonderful God. And that means, you know what? During the fast songs, I'm going to, I can't do what y'all were doing, but we're going to get into it because I love him. And I want to be with him. And I want to enjoy the presence of God. You're supposed to enjoy church. You don't enjoy church when you stand there like this. You are lying to yourself. No one's enjoying that. You're not enjoying it. Your peers aren't enjoying it. Just get in there and enjoy it. I'm doing it. I'm not, I know I'm looking like I'm at the stage dive on the Jaden. Catch me, Jay! Because I want to just like do what you guys were doing. Because I'm trying to communicate a point. Let's just enjoy this. Can we just enjoy the presence of God? Can we stop being stiff and just say, you know what? I'm just going to worship God and have some fun tonight. And then when we come to, and as we enjoy that in the fast songs, then we come to the worship songs. Now we move into a deep place of holy awe and respect, right? And what we're doing is we're allowing this scripture to come to pass. We're allowing God to shake some things in our lives right? We're letting the fire of God come because it says in Hebrews 12, 29, he is a consuming fire, right? Let me just open myself up tonight. God consume my life. Now, the spiritual fire is always greater than the natural fire because get this, it's the spiritual realm that created the natural realm. Amen. God's realm is always greater than this natural realm. That's how the sick can be healed. Right? That's how the lame can walk in here and the deaf can hear and the blind can see. That's how the poor can become rich because these spiritual truths are stronger than natural truths because everything in the spiritual realm made everything in the natural realm. Everything you see was made by God. 
And the Bible says God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. This is what God is doing for our youth ministry. He's bringing us back to this place of holy respect and awe for the creator. Not tight and stiff, not awkward and uncomfortable, loose and free, but we understand the one we're worshiping. I'm not here to hear a man tonight. I'm here to hear from God. I'm not here to lift my hands so my friends can see me. I'm here to lift my hands because I want to worship God. I'm not here to dance so everybody can look at me. I'm here to dance because I want to worship him. Now let's look at this last scripture over here in John chapter 15. And you guys are very familiar with this account. I'm going to go through it kind of fast. We'll start in verse 1 and we'll just see how far we get. He said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do so they'll bear even more fruit or even more fruit. You have already been pruned by the, for the greater fruitfulness by the message I has given you. Now verse four says this, remain in me and I will remain in you. Now when he's talking about remaining in me, what he's saying is live a life of obedience to me. Now, this is so interesting, guys. I want you to understand this and, and listen to what I'm saying. You are inherently good. Amen. And the reason why I know you're good is because I know the one that made you. And your creator doesn't make bad things. Everyone say, I'm good. I'm good. But as we live in this world, remember those leeches I was talking about before we talked about the beach trip we got coming up next June? Leeches will attach themselves to you. And what do they do? They suck the life out of you. As you live in this world and you go to school, not saying school's bad, as you get on the internet, not saying the internet's bad, but as we live our lives, this world has a way of attaching itself to us. Amen. And so when God says, I'm going to prune you, he's not pruning you because you're bad, he's pruning you because stuff has attached itself to you and he wants to get rid of it. Goes back to that holy shaking, right? And so what he does with the message of God you know, if you listen to a lot of preachers, they'll tell you like the most prominent message through the Bible is the love of God. But really what's more prominent through the Bible is how he addresses sin and how we should live. Amen. Right? Yes, God is love and it's very much in there. But lots of times he'll address the way we're supposed to live because he wants to prune us and cut those things that are very toxic and very awful in our lives. He wants to cut it off of us so we can be free and enjoy this life. Amen? I'm not waiting to get to heaven before I enjoy myself. Amen. I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm here, okay. while I'm living. And the way I do that, I come to God and I say, you know what? What do I need to work on? Go ahead and get in there and start pruning some stuff. Amen. Right? Start cutting some stuff off so that way I can thrive. So number one, we're supposed to live a life that is dependent upon God. When we do that, he can prune us. Live a life that is dependent upon God. When we do that, that's why when we talk about tithes and you give your tithes, you know what you're really doing when you give your tithes? You're showing your dependency on God. Amen. I trust you. That's where it came from with uh, Mo, uh, uh, Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. Because then the king of Sodom came to him and he said, let me go ahead and bless you and make you rich. And he said, I made a covenant with the Lord. I'm not even supposed to take a thread from you because it will never be said that man made me rich, but instead God made me rich. What is he saying? I depend on him. Right? And that's what we do with our tithe. I bring it into the storehouse and I say, you know what? I have a job, but ultimately I depend on you. Amen. Let me just boast in how good you are. Right? So we live in complete dependence and relying upon him. Number two, we obey his doctrines. This is how he prunes us. We obey his doctrines or his teachings. So when God tells you to love your neighbor as yourself, what are you supposed to do? 
Oh, come on now. I know you had school all day, but just say it when you know it, right? When the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, what are you supposed to do? And what is that? That's obeying the doctrines and that's obeying this word of truth. And as we do, he can prune us so we can thrive. Amen. Amen. And then number three, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to imitate. And this is all found right here in John 15. If you read it, we don't have time to read all of it. But number three, we're supposed to imitate his teachings in Jesus Christ example. Right? That's what I'm supposed to. I'm an imitator of him. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Imitate me as I imitate Jesus. As a disciple, when people look at Robert, they're supposed to see Jesus. How does that happen? It's because I'm an imitator of him. If someone needs prayer, I'll pray for him, right? Someone needs help, I'll help him. This is what Jesus did. Someone needs healing, I'll pray for him to get healed, whatever it may be. I'm an imitator of him. And as I'm an imitator of Jesus Christ, I'm being pruned by the message that I've received so that way I can grow and I can thrive. At school, This is what discipleship is, guys. You're supposed to be imitators of Jesus Christ. And can I just be really, really blunt with you? If we're not imitators of him, then what are we doing? Why are we even calling ourselves followers of Jesus Christ if we're not imitators of him? Why are we even saying that I'm a disciple if I'm not willing to live like he lived? Right? Let us not be hypocritical in our faith, but instead let us have this unfeigned faith where it's real, it's genuine, and it's authentic. And as we have this real, authentic faith, we'll produce a harvest of fruitfulness. Can I get an amen? Amen. 